0: discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there.
1: Hello and welcome to Absurdity, where uh, we explore all things absurd in religion, culture, and society. You know what's funny? I accidentally almost used the opening line that I'm using for the new podcast uh, that I just (laughs) announced last week. Um, So you can head on over to facebook.com slash absurditypodcast to go check out the announcement for the Absurd Podcast Network. Uh, That video is officially launched, and uh, we're launching the network, and uh, I'm launching a new podcast on uh in in january of 2020 really excited about that but yeah i almost opened with the tagline for that podcast that was uh that was a close one uh that was a very subtle 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 pitch there man nice i like thank you i try i do what i can um tony there's a question i haven't asked you in a while and i care about you as a human being um how are you
0: i'm i'm losing my mind as we all are through the Ravages of time and space and no, um, this weekend was weird for me. I was, I stayed at home and just got a bunch of work done and, um, it, it, I didn't sleep through the night once over the weekend. I don't know if it was a combination of my brain going on a lot of coffee. Cause I woke up early all day or gossip juice as we. In the cool group, like to call it, yeah, um, yeah, just a lot of stuff gets is is coming due getting a lot of stuff done, which is always nice, um you know it's kind of nice that's the one nice thing about uh school is at least you kind of have like that instant validation, whether it's you know when you if you're turning something in online or to a teacher or getting a quiz back or whatever it's like that immediate like. Ah, oh, yeah, I did this thing. Yay. Check the box. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, it's just copious amounts of busy work and research. And it's just like, I'm so, I've had one, two, three, four, five, like nine, uh, like research paper things I've had to write. Um, and then basically I'm writing four papers every week or I, I guess more reports. But it's just like, a, just, just like I'm just constantly like, and this, and this, and this, and this. And it's all saying kind of the same thing over and over again. So it's just like, ah, uh, uh, that's my mind. Yeah. Well. Losing my mind. But Christmas is almost here mm-hmm. at the time we're recording this. So that's nice. And um, I'm going to hopefully um, get to see my family mm. soon. So that's always fun. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm not, I'm not like horrible, but it's, it's getting to that point in the semester where it's like, I'm just about ready to not have school for a bit, um, which will be nice and, and then get that break over with and then get back
1: then. Yeah. So. Well, I, uh, you know, we're, we're privileged here because this is the last podcast episode that I'm recording pre-tonsil surgery Yeah. as of right now. The reason I say that is because there's a chance they don't actually (laughs) let me have the surgery when I show up in the morning because I'm a little bit sick, if you can't hear that. Uh, I'm hoping... I'm not superstitious. I'm not a little 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 exactly. I'm hoping with everything in me that they don't think... Like, I'm not that sick. Like, I'm literally just a little congested. That's it. I'm hoping that, like, that's all that I think they... And I'm not even congested, like, chest congested. I'm, like, just sinus just up in your So nose, I'm yeah. hoping that they still take uh, out my tonsils, but we'll find out. Yeah, uh, you should be fine. I, uh, so now this does not mean that this is the last Absurdity episode with me pre-tonsillectomy uh, because we literally five minutes before we started recording this, I finished recording next week's episode, episode 115. Yep. So that okay. episode will be the last episode you hear, hopefully, so if, assuming that my surgery isn't postponed. Uh, the yep. last episode that you hear with uh, this version of Ryan, because apparently my voice is going to slightly change. So
0: and everyone gets a, a fun little look into the crazy world that is our recording sessions. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Like, I feel like I feel like half the time we've got like nineteen episodes in the bank, and the other half we're like, do we have an episode? This, yeah. This. Yeah, we do. Okay. 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 Well,
1: and that's let's record one just in case. I'm not. Is something happened? Well, like yeah, like. And this is the worst part. Like this is the stupidest decision I could be making right now because quite literally in 26 minutes or tw- less than 26 minutes I have to stop drinking all fluids, and we're recording a podcast in which I talk a lot. So we're gonna
0: have you talk for 26 minutes and then after that I'm just it's gonna. It's just gonna go be a solo Tony like episode. Did. I would also like to point out, and I don't know the name of this individual, but they are awesome. And I, I love the design they made, uh, the, de- the new design, uh, for our, um, Avi or what is it? The little tile, oh the icon no, for the whatever. absurd podcast network, yeah, the icon yeah. for our icon, uh, you're wearing the shirt that was, that inspired that icon. Um, that was given to you as a gift. It's awesome. I love it. I I want one with my face on it. I will wear it all the time. Oh, you oh, you mean um, like the logo
1: for absurdity? The the faces that yeah, are on the uh, that are on yeah. the artwork. Yeah, silhouettes. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Which are amazing and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I love great. Them. And you're wearing. The, he's wearing the shirt right now, folks. And I am not happy about that. Only because you don't have one. I am so happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm. I am so happy. And it's like I want one. I feel like I'm six again. And you're just looking at you know the the cool kid who got the facts. I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of what our audience like what age group they kind of are because they're kind of all over the board. Because I was going to be like, oh man, they've he's got the new Vans, you know, slip ons, and I'm like, that is a dated shoe reference. Because <laughs> some people might be like, he's got the Hush Puppies
1: or the Skechers the Heelys. It's Heelys. Or, Heelys um, are making a comeback thanks to you're, TikTok. You
0: were Heelys. Heelys were a little bit. After my time.
1: We're the, I'll you're, admit you're that. You're three years older than me. And yet, and yet, Healy's were... Healy's were somehow bit. after all of our times. Uh, yeah. The, okay, so today... I don't know if Healy's were ever what the cool kids well, wore too. I feel like... Speaking of things that you wear, <laughs> uh, today is a very special occasion because we are... Um, we're re-diving back into our body shaming and modesty culture episode, which was episode ninety eight. So if you haven't heard that episode, go check that out. It has to do with a. Uh, um yep. it actually was based off of a current event at the time of something that happened at a at a Methodist church uh out in North Carolina. But shortly after that episode th- What? Go ahead. I was just going to say, they're all current events at the time. Yes, exactly. But I didn't want to say, it's exactly. based on episode 98. A current event right Almost now, 20 yeah. episodes ago. Um, so, shortly after that episode, uh, a listener reached out to me and basically mm-hmm. was willing to share their story. Uh, she was willing to share her story, but she didn't want to do it. Uh, she didn't actually want to come on the podcast. And it's not because uh, she doesn't... I mean, she listens to it, obviously. She wants to share her story. So it's not like it's anything that we did wrong. It's more yeah, along the lines. Which is of, awesome. Sometimes you yeah. want to share your story and you don't want your name to be behind it because of anything yeah. that could happen afterward. And it's not even like, like specific people get thrown under the bus here. It's not anything like that. Like it, it could just be as simple as I don't want to talk yeah. about it. Like in depth yeah. with people. And sometimes
0: your story when you when you tell it it no longer becomes yours. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes. And I think to some degree, when other people are involved, it just becomes a level of like, you know, it's bad and it's wrong, but it's not something that the people in my life are going to understand, you know? So you don't bring it up. I mean, I, I think about this with politics every time all my family gets together. And it's like, look, not that politics are important, not that they shouldn't be discussed, but not around the Thanksgiving table. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, there's just sometimes where it's like, it's there's no productive. Yeah. It's going to do more harm shared in that way. And I think there's also a value in anonymity. Um, and hearing a story kind of sans context. Spoken like a true Redditor. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. Although I'm not a lurker anymore. I finally made a post. So well I'm, done. I'm proud of myself. I've been more active recently. It only, it only took me eight years to finally... You got me addicted too. Yo, I got That's everyone addicted. Part. I got you everyone around me addicted. It. You and Reynolds' classes got me addicted to.
1: Well, um, not paying attention to Reynolds' classes got you addicted.
0: It wasn't even that. It was just like specifically <laughs> early morning plus long lectures equal Tony on Reddit mm. begging the internet to keep yeah. him awake. So and it and it came through every time.
1: So. Last week, um, this listener and I, finally, we've been talking for months trying to get this phone call worked out. So we talked on the phone last week, and she shared uh, several different instances of body shaming and modesty culture that she had experienced. Um, And so she's given us permission to share them, uh, obviously not with her name attached. So consider this absurdity's first interview, where the interviewer is not actually here. Uh,
0: (laughs) This is our version of, like, the blurred out. I was standing on the side of the um, corner. And
1: let's, let me be clear. I, you know, as, cause the downside to this format is that, like, we're going to talk about each story after the story itself. And, you know, the person isn't here to add in any clarification or clarifying details or anything like that. And there are some things that I have to leave vague in order to protect their identity. So we are in a weird position here, but I want to do justice to this as much as possible. And I'm just asking that you keep in mind, um, that there may be some details that we just don't have or that we can't share. Uh, and the other side of that, the flip, the flip side of that too, is she's not really here to defend herself. So I'm, I just want to say this right off the bat. She would, if she was actually here, she would not have to defend herself. Uh, I've heard these stories with my own ears. Tony has read them and with my own ears, with his own ears. Uh, and like, there's nothing to, there's nothing to attack about these stories. Like, yeah. These are honest, real-life yeah. stories that we fully, um, like, identify – well, we don't necessarily identify with, but, like, we support them. We affirm them. Um, there's no disagreement coming from us. So just know that going into this. But it is a little bit unfair that we are that we talk about this without her actually being here. Um,
0: yeah, and, and it
1: –
0: when you have something that's without context like that, you kind of – you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to speculate. Yes. Because – it, the details aren't there. You can't understand the mood. So we're going to, we're going to give as much as we can, as much exposition as we can. Um, while still, you know, keeping, keeping the veil of anonymity and, and also, you know, the lack of context, but it, everything we do is not to attack, but rather to, to understand because like, it's, we often talk about how the best way to share your, um, to share your faith is through experience. And we're like, you just can't argue with experience. And then when someone has a criticism of the church through their experience, we're like, well, you can't just base it on your feelings. And it's just like, well, we got to fall down on some side of that coin. Yep. Everyone's experience is their experience.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, We're going to, she shared four different experiences that she had. Um, And to give you context around who she is. So this is a girl who was born and raised Seventh-day Adventist. And she was, these stories, all of them, happened at a time in her life, she no longer really identifies as Adventist. Um, I think she still identifies with faith, but not necessarily Adventism. Um, but she born and raised Adventist, and at the time that these happened, she was trying very, very hard to fit in with certain types of Adventists um, while, and certain types of Christians while also trying to pursue her own personal creative passions and interests. Yeah. So yeah that certain types of adventists and certain type of christians would frown upon um so think like ultra conservative adventists basically um that's i mean that's just real reality uh so th- and the other side of this or the other part of this too is all of these happened at a time where she was trying very hard like in all of these instances these were instances where leading up to the moment that that she was confronted, she had done everything in her power to actually dress modestly according to modesty culture. She was trying to be modest, and then she was told it wasn't good enough. So these aren't just like she's just doing her own thing. She was actively making decisions trying to please other people. And then these happen, so the first one, and none of these are serious, 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 except for one, the last one I think is is particularly bad and heinous, actually. the other one's relatively minor but all impactful, like all very significant on a, on
0: a scale of annoying to critiquing someone's sermon at their grandfather's funeral funeral, so yeah, which we yeah. it, it's last week's that's episode. the skill we're working with now yeah,
1: last week's episode was uh was where we talked about that, so. Uh, basically, she was so she was with family at a uh, pretty well-known pastor's church, and uh, she was actually going to sing for a program. The problem was that that the girl was either in academy or college. I want to say uh, it was college, uh, and she had brought clothes with her that were dirty, hoping that she would have time to do her laundry before you know the program. So she, the problem was she didn't. So she was trying incredibly hard to find something conservative to wear to perform in, but that was all also clean, like literally clean. So she put on clothes that she thought were good. Like she put on clothes that she thought were, were appropriate that fit the definition, everything she could possibly do to with, within the means that she had. So then after the the performance goes, well, nothing happens. Shortly after the performance, uh, she actually receives uh, feedback from the pastor indirectly. And basically several guys complained that her shirt was too tight and that they were distracted by her immodesty. And she shared with me that like this really stung because they didn't know how hard she had been trying to make sure that didn't happen. But apparently now that's all they can remember, even though she was just trying to sing and pour her heart out and worship and praise. Right? So, you know, this is one one tiny like that's the kind of thing that really bothers me. Cause I've actually watched this happen too, where I was staying yeah. I was staying with another pastor who is someone that in general I tend to respect. And um yeah someone you know he is someone that I respect in in many other ways, but this was one moment where uh i this happened several years ago event. yes i you i would i yeah. mean i wouldn't have done this at all but basically uh we were at a worship event where college students were leading praise and worship, and uh he was rooming with me at the hotel we were staying at, and uh basically we were we were staying back at the room that night, and he shared with me that, uh, man, the, the music was great, but I just couldn't focus. I couldn't look up. I had to be there with my eyes closed the entire time because the stage was elevated and the female vocalist was wearing a dress that was just too short. And uh, what's funny is, I know the girl that was singing, she was wearing like at least knee length. So like, I don't know what to tell him other than like, why are you looking that? Like you have control over your eyes. And I think the, the one thing that I've been, the one thing that I, have, uh, that I have been told, that I resonate with, uh, that, that I believe firmly is you may not be able to control the first look. In other words, like you may glance a direction and see something that you were not expecting to see, but you can control the second look. Now, kudos to him for, I guess, closing his eyes and doing whatever, but just the idea that like, to some extent, you should be able to control yourself enough to engage in the worship service without thinking about trying to avoid looking at this thing and that's what that's what gets me is like you were letting you were willing to let one tiny aspect of that's really not important at all completely distract you from this experience of connecting with god and now you're going to blame the person leading you in worship for it uh and like what's funny is if you want to say like she's a stumbling block and i've brought this up before uh you want to say, "Oh, she's being a stumbling block by tempting and by by wearing something that would cause a brother to fall." Like you're a pastor, or there are, there are many of these members that are that have been Adventist longer than than some of these young adult girls have been alive. Uh, if you're going to tell me that the person leading you in worship, uh, and, you're as a, and you as a pastor, she is stronger in faith than you, and you are the weaker brother being caused to stumble, uh, I don't know what to tell you. But maybe, just maybe, we should reinvestigate your job as a pastor. Not, I don't want to fire anyone, but like, really rethink about where your journey actually is. And I know that's harsh language, but for real, because the Romans fourteen stumbling block argument is don't be a stumbling block to those weaker in the faith than you. Well, beyond
0: that, I mean, it's like I get, I get, I get that that men are more visually active and all that. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely, I, that's I get science. It. But, dude, like if that's enough to distract you, if that's enough that you couldn't look, how are you supposed to minister to anybody who's not Adventist?
1: Yep. Honestly. Yep. Honestly. Oh, I look away. I just Jesus don't maintain eye contact. Yeah. Like
0: I I, honestly, do you think like Jesus was like, yeah, I just never honestly looked if Mary Magdalene was on my left. I just looked right. (laughs) You know, the woman who was caught in adultery. I just, Oh uh, no, that's why that's way. why he wrote in the
1: sand, didn't you know? It's cuz he needed he somewhere in to look. He
0: thought he was he thought he was writing, you know, on the but he missed it because no, like it's ridiculous. And I get that it was Jesus, but at the same time like dude. Really? Like how can you minister to anyone who isn't wearing, you know, uh, a potato sack.
1: Yeah.
0: Or or ascension robes you can't minister to the world if that's, if that's going to be enough to shake your faith to where you're like, I couldn't even enjoy the service. Well, dude, seriously, dude. Yep.
1: Like then, then that's, that's a bigger problem. Yep. So, all right. Next story because these get, these are equal parts, like infuriating well, and ridiculous. Yeah. What do you have something yeah, else you want to add?
0: It's, it's, it's a, real quick on that, because this is something that I think a lot of people, and we can kind of talk about towards the end, but there's this idea that running away from it is the same as confronting it. Um, the The point that Solomon was making in Proverbs about like just run away. I've used. I've heard so many times in regards to this. And one guy even was brought up to teach us about the victory he had over, you know, lust and pornography. And his literal. This is his literal defense, right? He literally came up and told a group of pastors, "Every time I feel any type of arousal." I, I run. Mm. So if we're at a restaurant and the waitress has a skirt that's too short or a shirt that's too tight, I go, honey, we got to... And he and his wife leave and they have to get out. And I was like, dude, your life must suck. Yeah. like For real. <laughs> I'm not saying that... I, I'm glad that his journey is there, but that's not a journey of victory. That's a journey of constant...
1: Running from failures. the battles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like... Anyway, so there's a
1: difference. There's a difference between avoiding the fight and winning yeah. the fight. The problem is, like, he's he, you're focusing on the wrong enemy. The enemy is yeah. not the woman and the way she's dressing. Like, that's not the problem in this moment. The problem is you. And, and the other thing I would like to also point out <laughs> is if
0: if you are the one that's focusing on the dress over and over and over and over and over again, yeah, I'm not saying that you should, I'm not saying women should dress provocatively. I'm not saying that, but I'm also not saying that men get away scot-free because if you're staring and thinking and dwelling on it, Mm -hmm. that's your problem. Yeah. Yep. That's your problem. That's not her problem. Because, you can't help. You honestly and uh, honest to goodness, I believe this in the, in my heart of hearts. You cannot help who you're attracted to. If if you you can ask God to not be attracted to someone, if you're you know having trouble getting over a breakup or whatever, you know, you can ask God to help you not be attracted to someone, but you cannot help it.
1: Yeah. Yep. Like,
0: okay. I'll, so like like so so anyway. So moving forward to the next thing, but that that to me is like. You, attraction is not the same as lust and we need to get those two things different.
1: Well, you know what you, because we brought up this point, I think uh, I'm actually going to skip the second story, go to the third one. We'll come back to the second one because the the third one is actually super relevant to the point we just made. Coming Uh, back to the middle, having
0: periodic stops. Yes,
1: exactly. Uh, so here's so she was a part of a group of I think it was a group of friends. Um, I'm not by the way they don't know it's number three. We could have just I know, but I I want it. I'm telling you that. So like you're like what he's saying doesn't match the outline in front of us. Um. So she was a part of a group of friends that really strongly encouraged, yeah, like public confession uh, about like things that you wouldn't normally confess, like. It was like really in detail stuff. Not just like I'm addicted to this, like I'm addicted to pornography. It's like, but like dirty laundry. Yeah, like you're dirty literally dirty dirt like airing dirty laundry. I'm
0: addicted to this specific type of pornography. Yeah. And I've watched it these days and these times. Yeah, like
1: that kind of specifics, right? Um and with with, with mixed company, especially, right? Two two genders or you know, multiple genders present. Um it, it, it does border, I think. She's, she said it this way. It borders on consent issues because at some point you're going to talk about things uh, and bring up things that like the other person or someone else there wouldn't like did not give you permission to go to uh, or like a place you're going to go into detail on something that they didn't give you permission to do. Um, and in a group setting, that's one thing because you can, I guess you could say like there's consent in that you're in the group and you under, you're you aware of the risks of whatever could come up in someone's past or someone's dirty closet, whatever. <laughs> but
0: but, yeah, like, but a lot of times yeah they don't
1: you don't have the agency to get up and leave well and not only that uh, a lot of times it doesn't just stay in a group setting in fact like the story yeah. that she shares here yeah. um what she said is she's like I get openness but when you start getting into details it feels invasive to encourage someone to be that open um and controlling and so here's here's the story she said one time after lunch this guy asked her to walk her back to her to her dorm. Once they get there, he sits her down. uh, And then he says, hey, I have a confession. I need to confess something to you. And she's like, "Uh, okay. And he goes, I'm sorry that I was looking at your boobs. That was his confession. She didn't catch him looking at her breasts. She didn't catch literally any of that. Like he brought this up out of nowhere this was not something that needed to be apologized for because like it didn't like if anything, what it did was just creep her out. It didn't make her feel like there was actual restoration or, uh, or reconciliation in this moment. If anything, now there was an issue because now she's aware of this thing that she didn't need to be aware of. Like this is what she said. Yeah. I don't think I needed to know that. It's like, if I had seen him, and I had been like visibly offended, right, and, and communicated that to him. That's one thing. But this was out of nowhere. He confessed that he thought about her in certain ways, and it was way too much info for her, and she felt very uncomfortable. Like he was telling, I, I yeah, he was telling her things that he thought about doing, things about you know, and like for her, this was like it, it felt super invasive. It was she did not give consent to be you know to be to have this described to her and um like she didn't know what was coming this that's the kind of thing it's like I don't she felt like an object in that moment and and the thing that we're saying here is and this is why it's relevant to what you brought up is this man made it her problem even though she didn't know it was a problem and like it's not her problem the idea that so many men have with this is it's it becomes the woman's problem and, and I have to tell her about it. Now I don't have to do, yeah. yeah. Now she's invited, she has to deal with it too. I'm not alone anymore. And like, that's just inappropriate. Straight up. And these are like, these are real I've, stories that are I've happening. Had, these are tame in some respects. Yeah. In some respects. I. I the,
0: it was funny because I was reading through this story and I remember I've heard, multiple instances where guys have abused the public confession. uh, How do I say this? Um, Concept, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Kind of Uh, they've abused that privilege to try to use it as an excuse to tell a girl that they like them Mm. to express that I'm attracted to you. And so they essentially trap this individual. I've never heard a girl using this, but I'm sure it's happened the same. It's a, Yeah. It, it the the instances that were related to me it was always a guy approaching a female. Um and honestly, it was it was fascinating to me because they literally use this to trap them in. And so they use God as a a bait and switch and then they're just like you know, you're really hot, And obviously it was more than that, but it was this kind of thing of just like, I can't stop thinking about you. And and so do you want to go on a date? And at the end they're like, no, I don't want to go on a date. Like that's not okay. Yeah. And, and it, it, it is, it's not okay. It's not the intended purpose of it. Um, the, the purpose of public confession is to, first of all, it needs to be done. It should never be done on a retreat. If you understand anything about the purpose of public confession, it should never be done with strangers. Yeah. It should be done in a, a safe group that understands you and knows you, a community that is family. Um, and it should be done with people that are willing to hold you accountable. That's the other thing. The consent is not... For you saying, well, I want to open up. Mm. That is true. The consent is also, I am not only willing to open up about myself, but I am now willing to hold you accountable for the things you are opening up to me about. And that to me is just what, it bugs the snot out of me that we do these things. Um, because it's not, it's not what public confession is for. And we don't understand it. And then we abuse that privilege. And it, it makes, it like you said, it's exactly yep. what you said. Now the problem is no longer. I, I think it's almost the guy's almost absolved of the issue now. They don't even have to deal with it now. It's all on the female. Yep, the you guy's like, "Oh, I feel
1: it. better now that that weights off my shoulders." Yeah, because yeah, you just now took you it, it off to and made of someone me. else carry it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like now you have to th- think about that at night as you're sleeping,
1: <laughs> and then just run away. Like that's that's not cool at all. All right, just so we're clear, I just took my last sip of water. It's all downhill from here.
0: You have one minute.
1: You have Uh, one minute. Tony, you have my permission. If you see me take a drink of water, please stop me. Um, Okay. Now, here's the thing. I still will probably swig some water and spit it out. Stop it. Stop it. But I'm not going to drink it because- No. Um, No. So, um, let's- I don't even know why. I hope if someone out there, one of our
0: listeners who is a medical professional- could explain to me why you can't drink fluids i get the food
1: it's because it makes you nauseated after the anesthetic or like after you wake up with anesthesia having something in your stomach with anesthesia apparently makes you more nauseated also fun fact uh when you're saying that you are feeling sick to your stomach or like you're going to throw up the correct term is nauseated nauseated if you say that you're nauseous nauseous. you're saying that you induce nausea in others Uh, so it's really fun to hear people. I know what I'm saying. It's it's fun to hear people say, I'm so nauseous right now. I'm like, then stay away from me. Uh, for yeah, mo- I, And to be fair, well, they, if you're nauseated, stay away from me too. But that's neither here nor there. Well, yeah, that's fair.
0: Yeah. Okay, no water.
1: Yep, downhill from here. So if you, um, if you hear if me just, randomly squeal, yeah. squeal, just. It's good. I'm going to be really upset <laughs> if I have to go through this and like, deny my surgery tomorrow. Stop it. So here you go. Here's another one. Uh, ready for making okay. it the woman's problem. Uh, yep. Similar group from. This
0: one, this one, this one got me. Oh my yes. gosh, this one got me. So. Because I'm like this. Because this happens. Ugh.
1: This is like completely realistic it's, to, to okay. expect. So
0: we'll say it and then I'll talk about m- the, the multiple issues I have with it, but the biggest one.
1: So she walked into Vespers one time and she was wearing boots that had a heel. Um, And she was, she sat down, she was taking her boots off. Uh, cause often women will do that. Like they'll take their heels or their, their, you know, whatever shoes that are not a hundred percent comfortable the entire time they're wearing them, they'll take them off and get more comfortable wherever they're sitting. Right. So as, as she was taking her boots off, some guy stood up and started to tell the group that was at that Vespers about why heels were so bad and ready. He went into detail. He said that heels were designed by men to tilt the women's pelvis forward so that men would be attracted to them and it would signal that the woman is ready for sex. It's like, it's, it's passive aggression. It's just, real life subtweeting. I just, oh my gosh. So
0: <clears throat> I have problems with this theologically. I have problems with this historically. I have a problem with this in have, every way, shape, and form. I have a problem with, the, like, literally on every possible level, I have an issue with this. Um, I have an issue with this socially. Oh, my gosh. So, first of all, historically, uh, the only true part of that statement is that high heels were designed by men, but they were designed by men for men. High heels were invented in the 16th and fifteenth, uh, sixteenth, and seventeenth century in France as a male fashion statement. So awkward. What do we? Yeah, awkward. it is awkward. Slightly. And women started wearing heels because in the uh, early parts of the eighteenth century, it was a fashion forward thinking to have women start emulating more quote unquote masculine styles. Yeah. And apparently, wearing high heels was a masculine thing to do. Um, yeah. So that's know your history. Uh, Snopes says new no on that one. Big X. Yep. Um, but uh, this is the same, this is the same type of ignorant. Cause I don't know if this person invented that story. I, my guess is it was told to them by another, I call it the Wikipedia of stupid. <laughs> um, because it's just one person writing something stupid down. And another person being like, no, it's true because they said it. Yep. Um, No, both of you are wrong and stupid. That's just, you're both idiots. Um, This is the same argument that we get about drums. I heard one guy go off on why anything with gelatin had pig in it. So it was bad. And I was like, dude, you do understand what gelatin is made from. And he's like, yeah, it's the hoof. And I'm like, you do understand what gelatin is made from is not at all considered pork, right? He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, pork is the meat. You, I didn't say you idiot. I thought it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, because that's better,
1: according to Jesus. Yeah.
0: I, I, I publicly confess, Tony, this is a safe space. Oh, my gosh. Here's the problem. I had to tell him privately because I didn't want to embarrass him. He got to say this in front of some brilliant person who I'm not going to make fun of here. But I will say they had good intentions at the beginning. Decided when I was a pastor at the church to, to vote every other week in like a 20-minute talk for health during the church service, which— ruins the flow of worship. It was all done by amateurs who had no clue what they were talking about. There were two in the year and a half that we had this thing that actually I was like, Oh, that was good. And they were both done by wait for it. Medical professionals. Shock. (laughs) Shocker. Yeah. Shocker. Um, and this was just one where they got to stay in front of the whole church. There were visitors there and they spent the whole time like marshmallows are bad because it's jolting because it's a pig. I'm just like marshmallows are bad because of the sugar. Not because like not
1: because of Leviticus. Uh,
0: it, it, it's yeah. It's the same argument why drums are bad. It's the same argument why you know musical oh syncopated beats are evil. I I remember I took a worship class and they talked about syncopated beats, and this guy went on. I'll say it three abn. Yeah, I said it went on three abn and talked about why syncopated beats are horrible. Dude, there's an, the ent- there's a, there's the an class, entire
1: ministry dedicated to yeah, that idea.
0: Yeah. The professor of the class then showed a clip of the same guy on the same network in a different instance singing a song. He then brought up, the, and it's a famous, Steve Steve Green made the song famous. It's huge in the conservative Adventist circles. He brought up the sheet music for it, and he goes, okay. So you see how this note is in between this beat and this beat? That's called syncopation. So he goes, unless it was going, I am crucified." crucified with Christ. He goes, if you do anything in between that, that's called syncopation. That guy's an idiot. <laughs> the whole class went nuts. I mean, the whole class went nuts. And there were some really traditional people in there. And even they were like,
1: because it's, it's, that I'm like, of thing. it's I ain't it's even mad. Just,
0: It's the level of ignorance used to harm another person. Because I'm like, look, I hate the fact that anyone stands up and publicly shames another person. I hate that fact. It should not be public. It should not. It does not help. But if you're going to do that, at least be correct. Yeah. If you're going to publicly shame someone, have it because you're like, this guy killed another human being. I'm not really comfortable with him coming and talking to us about stewardship. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like. I'm not cool with the embezzler telling us how to save money. Like if you're going to do it, at least be accurate. Yeah. But to, 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 uh, and to me, that's the big thing that this it's about control. When you hear something like that, it's not about helping somebody. It's not about making the situation better. It's about control because you don't even have the foresight to back up what you're saying and make sure that the facts are correct.
1: Well, and, and it's not even like it's about control. It's about pride because then you're celebrated yeah. as the guy who has all this knowledge. And wow, just, that's so just, amazing. Just... I'm just so glad that somebody stood up and
0: said something. Praise God that we have people who stand up for morals and the right thing. And I'm just so super I just praise God that we have people of character who will stand
1: for the right no matter if the poll's fault.
0: Well, you're standing on the wrong side. And
1: let's be clear, like Tony you're you're standing on something. Tony isn't even making fun of the person saying those things. He's no 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 He's making fun of the person receiving those comments because, like, here's here's the deal like those are intoxicating comments. Past I know several pastors who think they're great preachers because oh, because their their members say shocking things. Because their members walk out the door. that was sanctuary every Saturday saying, good sermon, Pastor. They shake their hand and they leave. Because your members are very rarely ever going to tell you it was a bad sermon. Uh yeah. because you're their pastor and they care about your opinion. So and they care about the way you see them and they don't want to offend you. Right? There are so many pastors who are terrible preachers and stroking the ego never led anyone to growth. Yep. That's just the reality. Um these last two stories are uh I this is uh these last two stories summarize the biggest issue I have with the functional aspect of body cult uh, of body shaming yeah. and modesty culture.
0: Which is what we talked about in 98. Like the first three, kind of, yeah. We we kind of brought up, but the, the this these last couple of story. Well, it's like one story kind of mashed into. No, no. These are two.
1: These, are two, or two these are two separate. Oh, it's two separate. These are two separate. Whoops. Uh, so, but they both encapsulate the exact. They yeah. both demonstrate the but same. It's the idea. same thing. Yeah,
0: it's the same but, idea, and this is this is really what we
1: talked about. So yeah, go for it. So no water, Becker. I know no water. Put it down. Put it down. I'm not holding I hate you. Um, so, pastors, um. Well, when she's been she, – she she would wear nail, nail polish a lot and not like out there nail polish, whatever out there nail polish counts as. I almost took a drink of water out of it just now. I reached for the bottle. I stopped myself. Uh, and so she's like, pastors have said things about my my nail polish in group settings. So they've called me out publicly and shamed me publicly for wearing the nail polish or wearing the necklace or whatever. Uh, and they, you know, and they would be trying to make a joke like pastors do, trying to be funny about how she should be more modest and wear more modest yeah. adornments. But they're ultimately they're publicly shaming her.
0: Yeah, we don't know anything about awkward pastors yeah. making awkward jokes, Becker.
1: No, not all at all. all. Our jokes are awesome. Um, like it's one thing if you're at a stand up comedy show. And you get riffed on by the comedian, like, yeah, you're getting publicly you shamed. Like show, you went to a comedy show. It's the place for it. Yeah, it's the place for it. You're going, but you go to literally. I went to a a comic uh, a comedy show in in Charlotte, and the dude didn't have any planned jokes. He just spent the entire two hours riffing with two different audience members, and it was the greatest thing I have ever seen. Um.
0: Well, now we are talking about public confession. Yeah. So you went, you went, you lived in Charlotte. That is wrong.
1: I agree. That is not okay. I lived in Charlotte's web. So the, yeah. So like it's public shaming is what that is. And it's the pastor just trying to be funny. It's not
0: funny. It's not a, well, jokes, when you try to take something like that and soften it, it's the it's the real life equivalent of putting lol. Find a really hurtful statement.
1: Yeah, or no effect. Like, oh my
0: gosh, you you look so fat today, lol. Yep.
1: Like no, no, there is no there is no softening. So then she would, uh, and 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 there was one time where she went to a uh, she went to a very conservative conference, and she was trying to help uh, a family member with something that they were doing there, and this was at a time where there was that fad of like. Puffy short sleeves, uh, yeah. the ones that look like you're wearing hot air balloons on your arms. Those or like water weenies. <laughs> um, oh,
0: and when you say conference, you mean like a, a an like event. a gathering, not a like a yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, A yeah, gathering.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, and she was wearing capri pants, and she was she. I remember this description she gave me. She's like they weren't even short capri pants. Like they were like thick, like high waters. Basic, like they were like. You know, yeah. midway between shin and ankle, but they were not like, Show, you know, showing they were, sh- they were there. showing calves, right? And then these yeah. puffy short sleeves. After the event, here's the creepiest part. After the event, this girl got a an, an anonymous letter in the mail from a woman that uh, it was clear that it was a woman based on the context, the way she spoke in the way she referred to, you know, the situation in general, who said that she was a stumbling block to men for wearing short sleeves. Now, here's the kicker. The letter was three pages front and back. So six, really. So it was six pages about how short sleeves are causing her to be a stumbling block to men. Not that men's any sort of perversion on the men's part is a problem, which let alone the fact that short sleeves are not that are not an issue, period. Uh, But but like, really? And this is so did she did she describe what she
0: was helping her mom with? That's no. the only question I had here. It wasn't like up front. It wasn't like she was.
1: No, it was singing. Think, I, I, I think think more along the lines of maybe like a booth exhibitor or something, setting but, up something. Yeah. Okay,
0: okay, yeah. So she so wasn't that was even my on thing, stage. Like, all right, it, it's not in a leadership position. She wasn't like a staff member. Like she was just helping. She just kind of was showing up to help someone. Like that's what gets me. In addition to everything, like it's all ridiculous. But it's like, dude, this person didn't even know necessarily if she was visitor or not at the time.
1: And this is this is my problem with body shaming culture. And the last story will also exemplify this perfectly. Body shaming culture does not see a person. It just sees a body. It doesn't see the holistic person behind that body. It doesn't see any of the effort that person puts into their body. It doesn't see anything other than a body itself. That's the problem. It literally reduces someone to only and it reduces someone's value to only as appropriate or acceptable in their own eyes that person's image actually is, and that is sick to me like i I don't even care about being disrespectful to someone who does this at this point because that is like that belief well, about someone else, yeah, it's objectifying and it is disrespectful and I'm sorry, yeah. I'm not sorry that is not in scripture. In fact, the one you want to talk about the Bible being a temple of the Holy Spirit, and so we gotta we gotta adorn it as such. we gotta dress it as such. The temple was like meant to be showy a and yeah. b, that was talked about in a in a way of like in a way of like fornication and sex context, not like the way you dress.
0: but even even in that context. It's told it's it people use that to say, oh, well, you can't do tattoos. You can't do piercings like all the kind of stuff. It's like it's talking about the way you use your body. Correct. You are not your own. You've been bought at a price. It doesn't mean, you know, don't put tattoos on. That's a whole other debate we can talk about. It means don't use your body for. It's the same way as as you're driving someone else's car. Don't cut people off. Yeah. Don't be, you know what I mean? Don't follow people and honk at them and don't, you know, don't drive through, uh, uh, what are the, the, the tollways, right? Cause you're driving someone else's car. The point is not, don't stick a bumper sticker on there. That's not what it's talking about. The point is don't drive like a maniac. If you're driving someone else's car, yep. Like how you live your life, not, and, and, we always talk about objectifying from the from the the male standard, like oh well, pornography objectifies women, which I'm not debating that. What I am saying is you can objectify people, treat someone as an object in more than that. Yes. In way more ways. By signifying to somebody that their only value is with their body. Mm-hmm. So And that's exactly what this lady does. It's not biblical. It's literally saying you as a person don't matter
1: Mm -hmm. at all. Last story, because it's continuing the same point. So she posted a picture. I I can't remember if she posted it or if like the other person, one of the other people in the picture posted it. But there was a picture posted on social media, uh, on Facebook, where she was hugging someone, the Christian side hug, you know, one arm around The shirt of the person that she was hugging was actually, you know, extending over and covering part of her side. That's important because, because the, the shirt was covering part of her, it made her look skinny in the photo. She got a Facebook message. This is the one that, that ticks me off the most out of all of these, this one, this this one one and the, and the private like public confession thing. Those two are the ones that anger me the most. Um, the the three the three pages front and back like that happens regardless of whether you do anything wrong or not I got those as a pastor with from people who didn't even know who I was right so I've never gotten one I've gotten them people just uh, don't care me, about me yeah well to tell me about the me. importance of prophecy well but this is
0: <laughs> right no, like get, there's I the, the, the three yeah. pages front and yeah. back
1: is is yeah. symptomatic that t- that says, it's a it's, symptom
0: yes yes it, it, it says more about
1: the person who wrote it than the yes. person who received it so she gets a Facebook message from a woman who said, get this, uh, you look anorexic and you're a bad influence to women who are looking up to you and you need to be eating differently. Now, she didn't say that as a direct quote, but that was the entire point of her Facebook message was this image that she saw and she said, you're anorexic, you need to be eating better because you're being a bad influence to people, to, to other women. Here's, here's, here's why this pisses me off. If she actually was anorexic, there's no concern for her actual health. You need to be eating better because there are other women who look up to you. This is the which, closest which, Oh, that's
0: that's totally going to change an anorexic's ways. It's not going to make them, you know, want to eat
1: less at all. Yeah, let me let me make make me more body conscious because people are now staring at my body. Thank you. Um This is, like, this is the closest out of pure rage that I've almost caught myself swearing on this podcast. I Like, this straight up angers me. There is no actual concern for this girl. It's just uh, out. The only concern is about how she looked and how that impacted others. And this woman just assumed that to be true and acted on it.
0: Again. Again, if you're gonna call someone out in a horrible way, if you're gonna do the wrong thing, at least do it right. No water. Um, you know what I mean? Yes. Like my dad has always said that. Look, if you're gonna be bad, at least be good about it. Yes. That and and he's he he never used to say that in a way of like, well, if you're gonna steal, don't get caught. But he used to he used to kind of say about stories like this, like, look, the what the only thing worse than a thief is an idiot thief. You know what I mean? Is yes. a thief who's a, who's bad. Like to to quote the great Hans Gruber, I am an exceptional thief, you know. You're mm-hmm. just a common thief. No, I'm an exceptional thief. Um and that's the thing is like if you're going to to call someone out in this horrible way, at least be correct. Yeah. At least have that behind you. And here's, here's Now are you now are you a jerk? You're a dumb jerk. Yep. To use Jesus friendly words.
1: And here's here's like no one ever writes to affirm and encourage. No one ever writes yeah. the three pages yeah. front and back to tell someone how no. great they're doing. No
0: one ever uh, does I that. I won't say no one, but I've never heard of it.
1: Like, it doesn't... It, it's not common. That's what I'm saying. It's not common. No one... I'm never speaking absolutes. In I get it.
0: It's oh, Yeah. Oh, women will gas each other up all the time in the world. They'll totally do that in the world. Yeah. But in the church, it's sniping, man.
1: Yes. And here's... I were. I remember at the end of this conversation, after, uh, after she finished sharing her stories with me, um, <laughs> she told me something that just killed me. Because in the midst of all these, remember how I started this, right? All of these yeah. stories happened at a time where she was trying her best to get the approval of these very people. In other words, her best was deemed not good enough. And these people didn't even bother to ask if she was trying. They just decided that she wasn't doing good enough. And she told me this at the end. She said uh, that she remembers just weeping. She's like, I was, you know, when you're young and you're trying to figure out how to dress for your body type. Now, see, this is the part of when she was talking to me, this is the part that Tony, you and I are talking about this, like we yeah. need the woman's yeah. voice here because you and I would never yeah. have thought about this. Even though, as she said it, this actually, from the, from the male perspective, actually uh, applied to me growing up to some extent. I, but I, yeah, I was going to say I actually, I actually did know. But this, I would have yeah, never. I what you're saying. But I'm saying we would have never like brought it up naturally. Like yeah. it's not. It was not on the forefront of either of our minds.
0: Well, yeah, because it's yeah. Well, yeah, because it's not something that we experience every single day as men. Dressing for our body we, type we, does not we matter as shame much. Shame for
1: something. Well, I culturally. I, I mean, I do. No, I'm saying it yes. doesn't matter as much culturally. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: yeah. My right. value is not ascribed to the fact that I can never find a vest that actually, mm-hmm. you know, reaches my waistline and that shirts are always too short. Yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, I'm not considered a, you know, a, a, uh, scarlet man. Yep. Because, you know, my, my pants are a little tight. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. that's, that's not, I, uh... it doesn't happen. So yeah, it is. And, and, and it is really hard and I have, I lived with two women growing up, my mom and my sister. Well, that's even that's not true because I had a great grandma, and grandmas that were in and out of her life all the time, and a couple aunts, and so. But I've had a, always at least two women living in the house with me um, until basically I went to college because I was homeschooled. Mm-hmm. So I know all about their struggles with dressing for their body type. Um, I've had multiple girlfriends who struggle with this. I've had multiple. Friends talk about it from the modesty culture and come to me just not in tears necessarily, but just just stress and go it's so hard. I remember one uh, you know uh, I have to be careful how we say this. I remember one instance where a friend kind of had the same thing where they were performing on a stage and they brought it us that they thought was you know they looked good in and it was hard because they're, they have a very mm-hmm. very long legs. And everyone was oh, the dress was so short. I couldn't believe it was so, so short. She's like, I just, I have really long legs. And there aren't a lot of dresses that fit me.
1: Yeah. No. So, yeah. So she continues. She's like, look, women who don't fit the sizes, right? They have to have the sizes clothes that are in. Yeah, they have to be in between the sizes. They're always struggling to find clothes that work, but also clothes that don't make you look like you're from the 1900s. And then she finished by saying, there is an overemphasis on how someone looks that causes a ton of stress. And for people in this position, they're basically told to hate, the- they're shown that they need to hate their bodies because their bodies are just this thing that is evil and tempts men and is constantly calling, causing people around them to make mistakes and causing yeah. pain and heartache and ruining marriages or relationships or whatever. Um, it, like... This is the kind of stuff that comes from from modesty culture that makes it completely like you'll know them by by their fruits, right? These are yeah. the fruits. And if you want to tell me that there are people that that gr- do just fine in modesty culture, sure there's a lot of there's a lot of white supremacists that are doing just fine economically. There's a lot of uh, there was uh, there was a whole group of Nazis in power doing fine. You can't tell me that your thing is good just because some people had it good. Okay.
0: That's, I was like, I don't know where he's going with this. I think the lack of water has gotten him.
1: Yeah. Right. No, you, I get what you're yeah, saying. you can't, you can't tell yeah, me that your thing yeah. is good because some people had it good. That doesn't make it good. Yeah. And if, if we are in a faith that says that you'll know them by their fruits, these are the fruits. Yeah. People are in tears. They, are, they hate themselves. They hate their church communities. They learn to hate everything because nothing they do is ever good enough.
0: You know, it's funny to me. One of the big parts of Greek Hellenization that really, really entered in and just absolutely screwed with uh, the early church's theology, and and that's how we ended up with, it. in my mind, a Roman Catholic church that is as far from the Bible as you can be without, you know, just getting rid of it completely, which they, I mean, they've practically done. Yeah. Um. But it, this idea of the dualism of the body and the soul and the idea that the flesh is bad and the soul is good and pure.
1: Mm.
0: And, and every once in a while you will see these vestiges pop up. I, I see it in education when the emphasis is put so much on intellectual, Mm -hmm. um, on either writing papers or being able to perform or being, you know, the, 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 the audio visual learning. And not kinesthetic learning, not physical learning, not emotional learning. 90% of what a pastor does is is basically counseling. If you don't think that's counseling and how to negotiate meetings, which is group counseling sessions.
1: um, Essentially.
0: You know, uh, if you've you've ever been to a board meeting, you you know that. And yet 90% of what we study is completely intellectual. Ideological. No emotional. No, no, no. We have we have one class period on how to help people who are dealing with, um, unless you take an optional class, the death of a loved one.
1: Mm.
0: One class period in how to help a, a marriage that's, I don't even think we had a, a class period on marriage counseling. You, you just had to take some form of family. You know, it was an optional if you wanted to take marriage. And yet that's what we're struggling with. I see it in the health ministry, where (laughs) so much emphasis is put on diet, none on mental health, or almost none on mental health, none on emotional health and emotional maturity. Um, No, the assumption is that if you have good,
1: if your diet is good, the rest of that is fine. And so we don't have to address any of that because it's all fixed. I'm
0: not, I'm not arguing that a good diet helps. I'm not saying that at all, but Hitler was a vegetarian. Again, it's not the same. The emphasis is the body is bad. The the soul is good. Therefore, feed the soul and, 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 and hate the body, shame the body. We almost don't see this as much with men anymore, but all of a sudden it'll just pop up. And with women, it's like, yeah, your body is shameful. Your body is mm-hmm. shameful. And don't get me started. We could have a whole episode on sex. Well, we have on purity culture. But on how sex in the Adventist church... I mean, they did a study on pastors um, and their sex lives. Who's they? Uh, it was a group. We'll look it up. I need to look it up. I need to look it up, and I will look it up. But um, I was I, this was. I'm not trying ago, to call you it was, on it. I it just it's like a pet no, no, no. no, no. Peeve. But to have an access, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. To have it, to have a, um, to have that access, and I want people to be able to see this because uh, I'm a big cite your sources guy. But there was a study done um, with pastors. Um, asking about their sex lives, and they found that the vast majority of pastors and I, I was never told a number, but it was a vast majority of them have, uh, sex lives that are, that are just either, either no pleasure or non-existent. Um, huge part was health, right? I mean, we tend to live very sedentary lifestyles. Yeah. Um, but a big part of it was this idea of almost, we, we should be celibate and we kind of, Mm. it kind of, this, this shame, the body is bad. If it feels good stop it um it's just it's just this ridiculous concept that the body is bad and the soul is good that's non-existent in scripture yeah there's the sinful part that you should get rid of that Paul talks about but to say that oh well the carnal only speaks about the it's the fleshly no it's not the fleshly because God made your body. If God didn't make your body quite literally with his own hands, then yes, you could argue that, but he did. So it, 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 to, to say that it's just bad and horrible and shameful and to shame people for their bodies is essentially, you're looking at God and saying you made something bad. Yeah, You're looking up at God the same way that Satan did the same way that the accuser did and saying you did something bad.
1: I am. I want to end this on a positive note. and Here's what I want to do. No. Um. By the way, the one other thing I wish they would teach pastors is how to have foresight. Because I sat down in a room where I would not be allowed to drink water after twenty minutes, and there's two half-empty water or two half-full water bottles in front of me, and a mug half-full of water and a can of Sprite. I'd like these. I'd like that you switch to half-full. Yeah, because I want you to know how tempting this Resist is. This temptation, I am really Resist struggling. This temptation, Ryan, right? get up and run away. It's Flea. not the water's fault. It's Flea. mine. Get right? thee behind him water. This is this is my, this is what I want to say. If you fit the description of and, and are able to identify with any of these stories, first of all, I want to say I'm sorry that you've been treated that yeah. way, that you've been objectified, that you've been shamed for it's your body. It's not right. Um, and if there's someone who's listening who I've done that to, I also apologize. I don't, I cannot off the top of my head think of those things, but 100%, I apologize. If you were to message me and tell me, I will tell I will own up to it immediately. Uh because it's not who I want to be. That's not who I've ever intended to be. Um and there's no excuse for it. And this the the second thing I want to say or third thing I guess is uh you are more than what anyone else values you for as far as your body is concerned. Uh you are worth more than what your body is worth and you are more than your body. So whether you like it or hate it, I want you to know that you matter, period. There is no, like, there's no, and I don't care if, look, even if you don't believe in God or you're like iffy on God right now, if you stop believing in God, you don't stop mattering. (laughs) You don't become less important now that you don't believe in God because you are important because you're a human being. And no one can just take that from you. So this is... And and I get it. I'm another guy telling you where your worth lies. I I get that. So I'm trying to be a voice that at least aims in the right direction here. Yeah, um, yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. And I can't. I can't. Yeah. I don't always get it right. And um, if there is someone else who wants, to, I'm happy to have a part three on this. Um, yeah, and a no, part four absolutely. and a part five. Like I'm Just happy keep to talking. keep revisiting this conversation and keep hitting the areas that I'm missing because there are people that need to be set free yeah. from these experiences. Uh, and there are other people well, that need l- to understand how their behavior in these instances yeah. is terrible.
0: Yeah. What I'd like to do is actually do one where it's just positive, where we just do that thing where we just, we just affirm people. We just have people write either write in their positive stories. Um. Maybe we can do, I don't know, like a social media drive or something, but like just people talk about their positive stories yeah. where people came up and just said, man, thank you so much for whatever. Um, or where we just spend the whole time talking positively about body culture and and
1: body shape or whatever yeah um, body positivity is that the word you're yeah. looking for just yeah. have a
0: straight body, body positivity well yeah but that that yeah I don't know how you action uh, that. I, I will it say if you and I sit there talking positives.
1: about if you and I sit there talking about a, you know someone's body for an hour, I'm pretty sure that is also playing into the same problem. But
0: well, no, but I'm saying like <laughs> way, like ways to be positive. Like, yes,
1: I know you mean like an actual way to, positive focus episode.
0: Everything I do, it just throw, uh, no, but I absolutely agree with you 100. percent You know, everyone, and I said this over and over again about the, the problem of identity. Everyone here needs to know. Whether you believe or not, whether you are an Adventist or not, uh, whether you, whatever age you are, you are a child of the king. That is your identity. That is who you are, your royalty, mm-hmm. and your value comes from you existing. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter your IQ, EQ, uh, the mistakes that you've made. If you have been someone on the other side of this ledger and, and we've just, you know, yelled about you for an hour, um, Know that that does not diminish your value. You value. You are valuable. You are incredibly valuable. You are worth, quite literally, more to God than anything. Um, and He owns everything. And and if that's that's the message that we want to leave with you is how you go out. You are a child of the King. Go and live your life knowing that truth, and let no one shame you because you are royalty in the same way go and shame no one else because they're royalty too yep help someone on a journey talk to them create relationship i feel like that's just the theme of absurdity right you know just get voices out there teach people to to you know help people to 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 learn how to discuss and and you know do better um but you're you're a child of the king and that's really, that's really the only thing that you need to walk away
1: with. Tony, well, I 100% agree with that. And um, I do think that we have a lot of space here to, to keep exploring this topic um, and yeah. to, to add some more constructive parts of this conversation. Uh, and so to the person who talked with me over the phone uh and shared your story thank you for sharing your story and being vulnerable with us and trusting us to tell it we hope that we did it justice um and we hope we represented you well please let me know if we didn't so i can read a public apology um but thank you for your experience and i want you to know um i'm a major supporter of yours which you already know this um and i believe in you i love what you're doing and please keep being who you are um And for everyone else, thank you guys so much for listening and for joining us on this journey. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.